your side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, back for one day only. And if you would like to join the discussion, <laughs> well, let's hope not. <laughs> we'll see. Please call us at one eight four four triple seven SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio dot com. That's ask a s k at SWATradio dot com. You know, one day only. You just threw that out there, like uh, you know how, like back for one, well, for uh, one night only. You know, yeah. Well, it's, get your it, tickets now. It's good to have you back, Taylor. How yeah, you been? How's be the back. new baby? He is awesome. Yeah, had a new son born a month ago today. Uh, so his name is Asa Ananias. So two oh, biblical names there. And, I like yeah. that, man. Yeah, you know he. My my wife was real happy he was born on the thirteenth because the fifteenth was coming, which is my birthday, <laughs> and he was going to be a second, and he was going to be named after me. So she was oh, happy that he came early. That's yeah. fine. How's she doing? She's doing good. Yeah, she's doing well. Um, you know, it's been great. Been obviously adjusting. My my daughter Sayla, she. She is. Uh, start- it's a little bit of an adjustment yeah, having yeah. a new baby. She started her. off like, "Who is this guy? Like, you know, why are you holding him? He's horning uh, in on my space." Yeah, here, but right? now she likes to hold him and give him kisses and stuff. So she gets mad if you take him away from her. So it's, That's it's been cool. Good. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. Since you've gotten back, we've added a new station in Mississippi, WMOX. Yeah, I heard that. It, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, uh, you know, WMOX is. Um, a sister station in a sense to WMER. They're both in Meridian. WMER primarily has a Christian audience. Listen, mm. WMOX has people who may be Christian, but it's not targeting them with Christian media, Christian, you know, uh, programming. So I was real excited to be able to come on there because uh, it's great. And we've got some good feedback already from people uh, driving through who just happened to turn on the radio and listen and, uh, uh, let us know that they were encouraged by it. So, hey, if you are just tuning in, SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And usually the format of the program on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we usually talk about uh, what we taught in the prior week's Bible studies, which start when? Tomorrow. That's right. We're back on tomorrow. We start our SWAT Bible studies at Woody's Barbecue, 6.30 a.m., uh, 12 o'clock here at the Salem Center. And by the way, women, my wife Lori teaches a woman's SWAT at 10 o'clock right here at Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road. For more information about women's SWAT, you can email L McCary, L M C C A R Y at me.com. If it's men's SWAT, just go to SWATradio.com and click on that. Well, during the first segment, we normally look at what's going on in our culture. Just curious, Taylor, did you and uh, your bride watch the Emmys last night? (laughs) No. no, no. (laughs) I didn't think so. But anyway, it was interesting. Um, uh, Zendaya won the best lead actress in a drama series for uh, a series, yeah, Euphoria, which basically is – it's too graphic for even us to talk about mm-hmm. on this program. We can't. Uh, uh, it's just you can't say some of the things that they even said, you know, last night. Um, but 
there's also a HBO is known for this. They have the White Lotus also, and remember Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's a lot of things. And when you look at our country and the morality of our country, and now political leaders are boasting that drag queens are really what America's all about. I know that sends a just a I know China's quaking in their boots <laughs> and so is Russia about that. Um even now I don't know if you've been watching but commercials are mm. featuring more transgender people in there. Really? Yeah, yes. Commercials, video games, um now even teachers are telling their kids in school that pedophiles are not pedophiles. They're just minor attracted people. That, think about that. So what has gone on? Um, uh, I don't. Uh, did you watch the U.S. Open at all? Or uh, uh, you know, I, I I used to like tennis a lot and watch it. But um, Margaret Court, who won twenty four Grand Slams, that's singles titles. That's twenty four. She won the Big Four, right? Um, she uh, disclosed that she basically has been excommunicated or what we call today canceled in the tennis world because of her Christian beliefs. Mm. Uh, she opposes same-sex marriage as believers should uh, when it was proposed in her country. And ever since she did that, she was kind of kicked out. Now, here's what's crazy. If you look at the Bible, I taught this morning over on the west side, on Revelation 18, which is God's judgment against the pagan worldly religious system, right? And what was the big problem of the pagan government world religious system, the political system? Well, it was Babylon. It was called Babylon or the harlot. You know where that came from? Babel. What was the great sin of Babel? We'll make a name for ourselves. In other words, we can be like God. And these people worshipped idols over the one true living God. And you know what the biggest idol was? It was themselves. They believed in their own good ability to determine right and wrong apart from what God said. And if you look at governments throughout the years, I was telling you before we started about this thing called the Great Big Book of Horrible Things. Of uh, it, it's, it chronicles 100, history's 100 worst atrocities written by a guy named Matthew White. Number 70 on the list, Alexander the Great. You know how many people he was responsible for killing? Half a million. Now, that's pretty bad, right? 500,000 people, you'd think that's pretty terrible, but that's 70. You know how many Genghis Khan was responsible for killing? A lot. Take a guess. I know he's responsible, supposedly, for being the... uh the the worst like a third of us are descendants from Genghis Khan because of how many people he raped forty yeah. million people. Mm. He's number two on the list. But do you know what the worst uh, war as far as taking life was oh, throughout time? The worst series of wars or whatever, World War Two, sixty six million people. But if you took all of these one hundred terrible atrocities, and keep in mind that's not. That's not all the atrocities. These are just the 100 they cataloged. You come up with 455 million people killed by these evil pagan governments. And, you know, you look at our country 
And people think that um, democracy is a biblical concept. It's not. There's nothing biblical about democracy. It's just another form of government. Uh, if, if godless people have the freedom to vote, but they vote in godless people, it's just as bad as having a godless tyrant over you, right? And our country was started by people influenced by Luther, Calvin, the Reformers, the Puritans, the you know, when the Pilgrims mm-hmm. came over. And our Constitution was based on inalienable rights given to us by the Creator God. And our country was different because our Constitution said people are valuable because God's image is on them. And so it, it instituted protections. It wasn't that Ben Franklin and John Adams and Washington, these guys were the smartest tools in the drawer always, but God God helped them to come up with this. But in the mid-1800s, we saw rationalism die and nihilism rose, right? And nihilism basically just re- rejects the normal parts of human existence like uh, objective truth. It just says, no, there is no such thing as objective truth. Uh, nothing really actually exists or has value. It's just all meaningless. Well, that was followed after that pretty soon by existentialism. And in existentialism, it just says everything's subjective, what you believe and what I believe. Well, uh, we began to drift in America when this stuff started coming in. But World War One, World War Two kept us kind of in check a little bit. Um, Vietnam, do you know 4 million people died in Vietnam? I didn't know that. I just always think 50,000 Americans, but 4 million people died. But by the 1960s, modernism and Darwinism had pushed out accountability to God and was replaced with, if it feels good, do it. And it became about what we want. And so here we are today, and I think we're really becoming that Babylon government that we read about in Revelation 18. And, I mean, you and I didn't really prep this very much, but when you hear that, what is as a young guy, what do you think about? Um, well, yeah, as far as our government and, you know, you call it a, a democracy, it, it was built as a republic, right? And yeah. kind of where we are now is there is no rule of law because, um, you know, the institutions have rotted down to the core. So to call it, you know, Babylon, the, the harlot, is not a surprise, right? Because... Yeah nothing is functioning the way that it should uh, or that uh, it ought to. And nothing, like you said, the founders, uh, I think uh, Deuteronomy and uh, Paul were quoted nearly as much as Montesquieu and and the others, right? And it it clearly is not functioning uh, in the vein that it was created. And now it's godless and everyone's out for their own well-being, their own wealth, and it's not a surprise. Well, that's it, because in Revelation 18... The great things that these people are mourning about when God destroys Babylon is the economic loss. Mm. They're not complaining over the human life loss. And isn't it it interesting today? We're being groomed that way now because think about it. People care more about the economy than they do 60 million babies dying. Mm. They care more about the economy than they do crime and murder. I mean, think about how... Our value system is skewed. And so when we come back, we're going to look at the apostles in Acts. We're going to keep reviewing Acts 4, 5, and 6 today and kind of getting ready to get back into SWAT. So I hope people will stay tuned. 
Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Before we go, I'd like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are going to be looking at. Uh, really reviewing Acts chapter fours, uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6 today, uh, getting prepped up for the start back of SWAT meeting in person starting tomorrow morning at Woody's Barbecue uh, at 6.30, right? Or is it 6.30? 6.30, yes. And then also uh, tomorrow at noon here at the Salem Center, uh, as well as a few other meetings throughout the week. Uh, Thursday, it'll be at 6 at uh, Jumpin' Jack's on San Jose. And also on Zoom, if you would like a Zoom uh, link, you have to email us at SWATradio.com. Thank you. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't know <laughs> it was. Like, uh, Doug, well, Doug at SWATradio.com, and I'll send a link out to you. And listen, we have people. Uh, we've had people from Michigan, uh, South Carolina, uh, Washington State, uh, Georgia, uh, North Carolina. So feel free to send an email, uh, and I even got somebody over in England who, uh, nice. you know, uh, emailed. So uh, feel free to jump on there. It's a great, uh, great opportunity to connect via Zoom and and join us on this study as we walk through Acts, which is, you know, remember Luke's purpose in writing is to accurately document how God uh, – you know, is kind of unfolding his plan by the power of the Holy Spirit um, to continue the work of Jesus. Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's intervening for us up there, but his people are now doing what he did. And the primary message that Luke is trying to get across is that Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Lord of the world, nobody is beyond the embrace 
of his love. And the theme of all the preaching in Acts is the risen Christ. The first, you know, uh, half of the book is pretty much Peter. It's used, Peter's the primary character. But, but then, 13 and on, you really see uh, Saul, now uh, who became Paul. You see him in 9 where he gets converted, but he becomes the main character really in about chapter 12 on. He's, he's the main guy, and both he and Peter share a lot of similarities. They were both arrested. They both had visions. They both preached the risen Christ. And so we looked at Acts 1, 2, and 3 yesterday. Just a quick reminder, Acts 1, they replaced Judas with another guy. We see what it means to be an apostle. Acts 2, we see the supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the first time that would stay in people and um, kind of is the birth, really, of the church. Uh, it's, but it's the uh, this Holy Spirit ruling people. Then in Acts 3, we saw... Um, we actually saw um, in Acts 2, real quick, uh, Peter and John heal this guy who was lame. But then in Acts 3, Peter indicts the leaders. His preaching is very pointed, uh, very much saying, hey, you killed Jesus, you rejected him, and if you don't repent, there's no hope for you. And and that's how Acts 3 ended. And, um, you know, we looked at um, Acts uh, 4 this morning or we're looking at Acts 4 today, I mean. And what happens here is all of a sudden, Peter and John are taken into custody. And uh, it says, They were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple. The Sadducees came upon them annoyed because they were teaching people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them. Why? Not because they stole anything, not because they hurt anybody, but because they were preaching about Jesus. And as we look at chapter 4, we basically, what we see is how how we respond to persecution. Um, you know, there have been 10 different eras of major persecution uh, in the first 300 years of the church. Christians were fed to dogs, doused in wax and oil. They were burned as lamps on you know street sides. They were beheaded, hanged, racked. I mean, persecution is always satanic. Satan hates Jesus and he hates his followers. And over, um, in fact, right now over a million believers in the world um, are being persecuted right now, which is crazy when you stop and think about it. But you know. When we looked at yesterday how people responded to Peter's message, the religious leaders rejected and they persecuted. God's sheep, his people, repented and executed faith. And so as we walk through persecution, looking back on chapter 4, there were some things that we saw. Um, one of the statements the religious leaders made about Jesus is, they, these are just uneducated common men, but they recognized that they had what? They had been with Jesus. And uh, I remember what uh, Alexander McLaren said. He said, a soul that is habitually in contact with Jesus will imbibe a sweetness from him. Just as you put garments in a drawer, sometimes they'll get the smell of that drawer if you're around Jesus, you're going to kind of absorb the smell of Jesus if you're his. 
And what did the healed man do? He wanted to stay with them, right? He was he was going with them. So these men had an undeniable witness. Uh, they were uncompromising warriors. What did they tell them? Hey, whether it's right in the sight of God or not, you got to judge. We're willing to take the consequences. We're going to preach about him. And they were unstoppable worshipers in praying. What, what did they do when they released? They went to their friends. They told them what they had, and they began to pray. <laughs> they just said, let's pray. They were unintimidated. And as Taylor, do you remember we the theme of last year's retreat or our training day was rock kazak, mm. which was be strong and courageous. And these men were strong and courageous because they were filled with the Spirit. When Jesus is the focus of your life, um, you have an inner strength that is beyond explanation. And these men um, displayed that, and the religious leaders didn't know how to deal with it. And so that's really uh, John 4, the, uh, the first part of John 4. And the second part of John 4 and really uh, is about the church. It's how the church was so unified after this. It said they had everything in common. They were of one heart and soul. No one said anything belonged to him. A church of unity. That that's that's really interesting. That priests are just right after the persecution. It tended to bring them together. And doesn't persecution do that? Mm-hmm. A common shared experience of persecution. Um, I, I and and that was Jesus' prayer back in John seventeen. He prayed that they would be one, and so it says there was not a needy person about among them in verse thirty four. There were thousands of people there, no jobs, no food. They'd come for the you know the annual feast, and then they heard about Jesus. They decided to stay, but nobody held on to anything. They sold what they needed to give people these the food. They trusted the apostles. If this was not, okay, we got to get our building plan together for our church. You got to give. They weren't forced into doing it. They did it willingly. And then there was, we're introduced to uh, Barnabas, Joseph, it says. He's the, uh, he is the son of encouragement. They brought the money to a, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, who had sold a field and laid it at his feet. Joseph, who was called Barnabas, which is uh, where we're first introduced to him. So that's really chapter four. Um, you know, I know that's kind of a whirlwind. When you think about persecution, um, I mean, I, for us, we're canceled. Mm. I mean, person, nobody's. Um, I mean, some people in other countries are being killed and beaten. But right now, I don't know anybody being beaten and killed in America physically for preaching the gospel uh, by government yet, but that may come. Well, yeah, and, you know, soft persecution is nothing to be sneezed at, right? Like, you know, you lose your job, you can't uh, provide for your family. Like, those are very real consequences, and and consequences that I think are going to get stepped up, you know, not to go back into the news, but they're talking about now codifying uh, gay marriage federally. Yes. What that will mean for, uh, you know, pastors who want to stick to uh, the biblical definition of marriage, that's going to mean persecution and could mean jailing and stuff like that. So, you know, that's something that's not happening yet and might not happen, but that's something that is a very real possibility even here. Uh, and even though, you know, we're not getting beat yet or anything like that, 
uh, that could come down the pike. But right now, it's like you say, it's soft persecution. And I, I love the, the response um, that we see here. Uh, you know, whether it's right or not for us to preach, you be the judge. But, you know, we're doing what we're doing. Like, that's that's a that's a manly response. I like yeah. I, and I want to go back to what I was sharing on the first segment um, about our our country here. And just to dovetail off of what you were saying, you know, Babel means gate of God. Mm. And so back in chapter 11, when they were starting to build the Tower of Babel of Genesis, they wanted to make their name great. And God says, no, it's not going to be Babel. It's going to be Babel. Mm. He confused their language. What's babbling means that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you think about our country, you know, is there if when you think back in our culture i'm like is there um you know did god speak what spiritual truth really is and yeah he's given us his truth in his word and has he spoken how a man that he is i mean a, is there a way to govern yes it's by his truth mm-hmm. and so when a government says we don't care what God's word says. We're going to say it's right for a man to marry a man. It's right for a woman to marry a woman. It's right for a person to be protected if they have a delusion and think that they're a guy when they're really a girl. Not only is it right, but it's possible yeah. right, for a man to marry a man. That's yeah. possible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's possible for a man to become a woman. Yeah, but, but, they're, but they're, saying it's, they're saying it's right. I mean, they've gone beyond just saying, well, it's accepted it's right but to say that it can possibly happen is to go completely in the face of everything it's against god's word Mm -hmm. and i'm calling on us as believers and followers of the one true living god to not compromise again that doesn't mean you're hateful to people it doesn't mean you bully people it means that you speak the truth and love about these issues do not give in. We will be cursed, persecuted. He said, they hate me. Why should they not hate you? Anyway. Uh, yeah. Let the heathen rage, man. Yeah. Let them plot in vain. Yeah. Uh, just stay faithful to, to the Lord God Almighty. All right. We are up against the news break. We'll be back with more after the news. Before we go, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, you can email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. That is David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are reviewing Acts chapter 4, 5, and 6 in preparation for returning to uh, in-person SWAT meetings tomorrow. Uh, the first one being at 6.30 at Woody's 
Yep. And uh, Solano Road. Solano. Uh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't remember the Jackson, road. Or out at uh, Ponte Vedra Beach. Yep. And the, and then also tomorrow we will be here at the Salem Center at noon. Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Oh man, can't beat it. <laughs> and uh, also this week we will be Thursday at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food in the morning and on Zoom. Where if you would like a link to that, that will be online. Uh, or at, at Doug. Or send me an email. Send an email at Doug at SWAT radio.com at uh, Doug, Doug at SWAT radio.com. Man, slipping, man. That, that's all right. It's been a little, it's been a minute. It's right? been a while. It's yeah. been a minute. So uh, anyway, um, but I'm so glad you're here. Miss seeing you and uh, glad you're around and it's good to know, be back. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, Taylor, I want to go back, you know, I want to get into chapter five because chapter five is interesting. You know, a lot of people say, well, the God in the Old Testament's a God of wrath. The God in the New Testament's a God of, uh, and, and, and judgment in the Old Testament. And the New Testament is a God of mercy. Um, he's the same God. He mm-hmm. doesn't change. Now, um, the church, we talked about the church being unified at the end of chapter 4. Uh, you know, one heart and soul. They're laying things down. They're selling things. And then what does Satan do? He comes alongside and tries to manipulate Ananias and Sapphira and to disrupt. And he's a disruptor. He wants to disrupt our families. He wants to disrupt the church. He wants to disrupt relationships. Um, And you know what's really interesting? Ananias' name, by the way, did you know this means the Lord is gracious? Mm-hmm. And that's your child's name? Yeah, middle name. Yeah. yeah. The Lord is gracious. And um, go home and tell your wife that she'll like that. She knows. Oh, yeah, I, she, that's she knows. It. Okay. All right. Uh, but what was their sin? They withheld money, but it wasn't the fact they withheld money. What their sin was is they lied. They lied to who? The Holy Spirit. They tried to make people believe they were more holy than they were. It was their money all the time. They could have given a a smaller amount and Mm -hmm. not felt guilty about it because there was no mandated amount. It was all a gift, but they kept it back. And, um, you know, God struck them off the planet. First he took um, Ananias, and then Sapphira shows up, and they give her a chance, and she lied again. Mm -hmm in front of them, and she was gone. Their sin was uh, in the lying. The motive was not to help the poor, but to boost their ego. They sought the glory of man over the glory of God. People, there is no secret sin from God. If you think you can fool God and get away with something, you can't. Even though sin may be hidden on earth from humans, it is seen by the one true living God. There's countless examples in the bible of that in the old testament and here this one is listen we all act hypocritically have you ever acted hypocritically before yeah me too god hates that but you know what he gives us opportunities to repent and when we don't it could invoke his discipline if we're believers if we're unbelievers it's wrath Mm -hmm. um you know, and so purity is critical to testimony of the church, and that's what the first part of chapter five is about. Can I ask you a question about yeah. that? So, why are you talking about it? Does that draw any parallels to you to the Old Testament? Because to me, it made me think of Achan, right, and his family sin. Is there any sort of, 
you know, connection. Like you said, uh, you probably talked about this a while ago, but that when the law came, a certain amount of people died. And then when Peter preached, that same amount of people were uh, saved, right? Yeah. Is there any parallels to what was going on in uh, Old Testament Israel, or is that just kind of something that I made a connection with that's not really there? Well, 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 no, no, it is. I think in back in uh, Aiken's day, when when that happened, right there, no nobody had the Holy Spirit indwelling mm-hmm. them. Right. Except for temporary periods of service to God. During this period, the Holy Spirit was present and in people that were there and was a point of conviction. Now, there's debate over whether Ananias and Sapphira were believers mm. or not. Most, A lot of people believe they were believers, and, and their judgment was a discipline of removing them from earth. You know, in John it says that you can sin unto death. Yeah. When Peter confronted them, they didn't respond with repentance. They both dropped dead, mm. which means maybe they they didn't want to repent, and it couldn't. I mean, it was purification of the church, and that's God calls His church to purity. He says, "Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness." Um, you know, really, the takeaways that I got out of this text was the gravity of our sin to God. There is no small sin. Um, the importance of regarding our conscience when it, it the spirit moves in us that something's wrong, and then the necessity of church discipline. You know, before I moved here, I had never seen church discipline before. I went to Christian mm-hmm. Family Chapel. It was the first church I ever saw it, mm-hmm. where somebody was doing something. They somebody went to them. Somebody took somebody to them right out of Matthew eighteen. Then. They took it before the church. They still didn't repent. So they said, okay, until you repent, you're not allowed to come fellowship with the church. Um, and, you know, that, that just, but the goal of every one of those encounters is not to be mean about it. It's to bring them back into fellowship. It's to, to get them to confess. Confession is a good thing, getting it off. Um, you know, but, because we're deceivers by nature and we live in a deceptive world, um, I think spiritual deceit is all too common in our churches today. I mm. mean, like, um, you know, when you think about how many times have you heard about a pastor or a ministry leader who was living a double life? Why? No accountability. Who's asking him? How many times do you think pastors get asked about their personal life, their personal purity? their morality uh are they above reproach my wife when i today just we were talking about that she asked me about something i made a joke about something to her and she said absolutely not hmm. it's not above reproach and i said i was just joking yeah it's about no, it's not above reproach and so uh god calls for us to want to why is it important for us to have a life above reproach because we are witnesses of our love for God. And if we're out there living for the world, we're not witnessing for our love for God. And so the rest of Acts 5 is this idea of uh, being on mission for him. You know what happens? Uh, they begin doing many signs and wonders. And 
guess what? They were arrested again. Uh, but they so they showed this bold endurance in the face of persecution. Peter is actually preaching again to the very people who told him to stop. Now think about that for a second. Okay, we're going to let you go, but you can't do it anymore. And here we are, a, a chapter later, he's doing it again. And they arrested them again. What do you think was going through his mind? I mean, when that happened. I mean, like, he had to be thinking, okay, this is it. Yeah. I, I would have been thinking that, right? <laughs> they killed Jesus. Right, yeah. And didn't Peter get told by Jesus he was going to die? Mm-hmm. But he didn't tell him when he was going to die. And, you know, when they got arrested, again, this time they said, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. I'm going to say that again. I want, if you're listening to this by podcast or if you're listening to this live, we must obey God rather than men. Kudos to John MacArthur and every pastor who during the COVID lockdowns, after it was revealed that there was much more political... Listen, it's not to say that COVID wasn't real. It's not to say that COVID didn't affect people. But John MacArthur defied the governor of California who told them, you cannot meet as a church. He said, we will meet as a church. They did meet as a church. Not one person went to the hospital with COVID. Not one person died from COVID. They met continuously. They amassed all these fines from the state that ended up getting wiped away because they stood firm and said, we must obey God rather than men. And was there not, what, a couple weeks ago? I don't know if you guys talked about this, but wasn't there a, like a couple thousand pastors came together and signed a declaration that they're never going to you know, shut down in-person meeting again at the edict of a church? I, I haven't think, heard that. Was that them? Uh, they- I think John MacArthur and Vody Bauckham, they were p- people who signed that. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit. But well, yeah. Do you know... Taylor, that there are still churches not meeting that's, in person. That's crazy. There, there are still churches in this country that are not meeting in person because of fear. And what COVID did more than anything I remember in my lifetime is it was a weapon of fear that caused mass fear in people to make us suspicious of one another, not friendly to one another, and not gathering together as a church with one another. Mm-hmm. And John MacArthur said, no, we're going to do it. And they met, and I, I, I have a lot of respect for him because of that, because he took a lot of heat. And, and in the same way, our, go, our governor took a lot of heat when he said we're not going to shut down, but he ended up being the one right in the end. Yep. And so, and I want to say one other thing about Chapter 5 before we go to the break. The last part, these men are arrested, and God's sovereignty, Gamaliel, the master teacher, the great-grandson of Hillel, leader of the Pharisees, the guy who mentored Saul, he says, listen, guys, you better be careful. If these guys are from God, you're going to be finding yourself opposing God. So they beat him and let him go. And uh, and it says in chapter 6, verse 1, we'll get into after the break, They did not cease teaching and preaching. Praise God, another victory for faith. Amen. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the work who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord. That was Rescuer by Wren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just join, joining us, excuse me, we're going over Acts chapter 4, 5, and 6 uh, today. We went through chapter 4 and chapter 5. We're about to get into chapter 6. Um, if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. If you are just tuning in and you have not heard, SWAT's uh, meetings are starting back up tomorrow, Wednesday at 630 uh, will be the first one at Woody's Barbecue on Solano Road. Also tomorrow we will have one at t- noon at the Salem Center, 7235 Bonneville Road. And if you are a lady and would like to go to Lady Swat, that is held uh, again at the Salem Center on Wednesdays, but it starts at 10 a.m. Instead, if you would like more about that, you can email uh, Doug's wife, Lori, at lmccary at SWAT Radio. At me. At, at me, me. me. Com. Oh, me. L. McCary at me. No, L. at me. I need to com. get her a SWAT Radio. She needs yeah. to get Lori at SWAT Radio. I need to do that. I'll, I'll make that a point to do that. So. <laughs> there you go. Also, on Thursday, uh, there is a Zoom uh, a virtual meeting. Uh, if you would like an email to that, because you have to be invited, you can do so by emailing Doug at SWAT radio.com also uh they're still uh at 6 a.m at uh jumping jacks on thursday as well 6 30 6 30 sorry yeah i forgot to mention that one yeah pizza 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 it's yeah, good not, stuff yeah, yeah. yeah hey uh and you know like i said tomorrow at lunch we'll be doing chick-fil-a i don't know if you saw man chick-fil-a has some new flavors there they got this grilled spicy sandwich now oh yeah Pretty good. Little, you if, tried if it? You're into health? Yeah. If yeah. It's I got a spicy grilled sandwich, and then they got this autumn spice milkshake. Oh, wow. So, so it's kind of like a pumpkin yeah. spice. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, bit. listen, the guy's out at, it's out at Marsh Landing. If you ever go to the Marsh Landing, if you're in Jacksonville um, and you go to Marsh Landing, ask for the manager. Tell them thank you for, for being a part of helping sponsor SWAT. They 
they always do a lot for us, yeah. and we're very grateful and uh, love Chick Fil A. You know, oh yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> best, chi- you know they they just blow everybody out when they tried to shut them down because of you know they they everybody just jumped on board and helped them more. So I love Chick Fil A. All right, let's get back to the last section. It is the last segment. If you want to call in about anything we've talked about to weigh in or to ask a question, feel free. We're just going to be hitting Chapter 6 here. Two big things about Chapter 6 of Acts is, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had division in your local church? Have you ever had a divisive issue? And how did you deal with it? I, I can remember one time, Taylor, there was a church that basically almost split over carpet color. They were putting in new carpet. Some wanted orange, some wanted blue. And everybody had a good argument why. And it was almost a church split over carpet color. Is that not crazy? That is crazy. They must have been Gators fans or something. (laughs) I don't know, man. I wouldn't have made my carpet either. Yeah, so anyway, but in Acts 6, we see... um, there is a um, a divisive issue here because widows are being overlooked. And it was the widows who came from outside of Jerusalem. And there was a little bit of a, um, I don't know, um, clickishness about the people there. And, you know, when you think about, this is the uh, first sin. In the, we saw the first persecute. Well, I, let me go back. Acts 2, we saw the first sermon. Mm-hmm. right of the new believers there acts four the first persecution acts five was the first sin and now we see the first problem with the structure you know when you grow as fast as that early church grew it has problems anything mm-hmm. that grows that fast it, they went from a few hundred to like fifteen thousand people within a very short period of time these people had physical and spiritual needs um they were collecting money and there's two extremes when you look at organizations. Um, uh, you get um, a corporation kind of mentality. Everything's in order. You have meetings, but you know, budgets, and everything's by the T. Or you get unorganized chaos. I tend to lean more to the chaos yeah. area. But the church is an organism which is internally influenced. It's not an organization which is externally influenced so um, but being led by the holy spirit doesn't mean chaos either and so you know when i first started swat i just had a few guys and it required a little structure i mean i just say hey guys let's just meet this day and if we wanted to change sometime we could but as i began to see more guys i had to have guys around me help with structure so that we could have chick-fil-a brought in we could have you know, meet and and have food items or whatever, or we could uh, organize a retreat or we could organize a training day. But in this chapter, we see God reveals the problem of Satan coming in trying to breed distraction, which he did with a problem. Their ministry became hindered because of logistics. There was murmuring and complaining. The Greek Jews versus the Palestinian Israeli Jews um, and there was a pattern in the Old Testament of taking care of widows, and these were being neglected. So the church accommodates the Holy Spirit, not vice versa. We only add structure where needed. The biblical church 
always accommodates ministries that the Holy Spirit begins. So often what we do in our culture is we see something working and we go, oh, we're going to do this here. It's not because the Holy Spirit did it. And that's why when somebody comes up to me at SWAT and has a great idea, I say, go do it. That's awesome. That's be great. Power to you. But I can't take that on. But if you want to do it, man, I'll give you a platform and you can do it. But but, but so often we say, wow, that men's ministry is doing this, this, and this. Let's try that here. And then we try to grow something based on what? External, Mm. not the spirit. And so we see the priority of God's shepherds was what? To devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's what the disciples says. Hey, we can't be waiting tables. It's not that they weren't afraid to serve, but the, the teaching of the word was their ministry. That they It was such an important thing. And so um, we see God choose seven men, and we see in it the people that God chooses. He, he reveals these characteristics of leaders in the church. Why is this important? Well, these, these people were all men. The word there is andros, which means male. It wasn't mankind. I realize this is going to make some people that listen maybe shudder a little bit because, you know, um, these people, the characteristics of the leaders chosen were men among you, which was from in your ranks, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Women were not designed by God to be a leader in a leadership capacity in the local church of men. It wasn't they weren't designed to be elders. They can be a deaconess, we we know that, but no authority over the men in the church. That's not the way God designed it. it has nothing to do with value. It has everything to do with design. And just like in the same way people in our government are saying well, we know God designed it this way, but we don't think that's right. We think it's changed. People have done the same thing with church. But God says no. And and so what we see is now the apostles are getting help. They're having guys help them. And Stephen is actually a bridge between the apostles and the early church, which was the ministry of Peter and who? Who was the guy at, oh. at Stephen's mm-hmm. feet when Stephen died? Saul later. And here Paul. we see Stephen introduced. You know, and the thing about Stephen is, you know, we see Stephen, he had a very short ministry period on the earth, but he was very impactful. And death reveals who we really are, isn't doesn't it? I mean, courage isn't the absence of fear, but what? It's the assessment that something is more important than that particular fear. So how important is what God has done for you and me? How important is the task that he's called us to? How much do we love him? You know, if we're fully surrendered to him, do we trust him? And and God reveals in Stephen, whose name means the victor's crown, by the way, uh, seven things good biblical number, of a man fully surrendered. And I'm going to go quick because I know our time's short. The first thing is faith. If a man's fully surrendered, he's going to be controlled by faith, not by fear. Faith is going to be the dominating force in his life. 
What did what did Stephen believe? Well, we're going to see in chapter 7 when he gives a message, God's word, God's sovereignty, and God's Messiah, and God's gospel. He believed all those things so much so he laid his life down for it. So faith. Second thing is the Holy Spirit. He was yielded to God's word. And, and that's what being filled with the Spirit means. It doesn't mean you say a bunch of words in gibberish uh, that, 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 you know, and call it a prayer language. It means you're yielded to God's word and his plan. So he was filled with the Spirit. Third, he was a man full of wisdom. He was a man who feared the Lord, and he applied his word to his life. It says he was a man of wisdom. It says he was full of grace, not just grace received, but he gave grace. What did he do in chapter 7? He forgave them even. He was killing them. He was a man, fifthly, who was full of power. Um, He performed great signs and wonders. Um, You know, um, he was full of power, and he was full of courage. Why? Where did he go? Where, Where did... Stephen go to proclaim the gospel. You know, synagogues, right? Yeah, he went into the synagogues of who? The synagogues of of the freedmen, which was returned Roman slaves, Cyrenians from Africa, Alexandria, the synagogue of uh, Cilicia. Who was from Cilicia, by the way? Uh, Paul. He might have been there. And finally, he was a man full of the presence of God. It said he had the face of an angel. So what's our application? God is looking for men today full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of grace, full of power, courage, and his presence to represent him in the world. So I hope that's been an encouraging overview. Tomorrow we're going to be back, and Brad and David are going to be taking them through chapters 7 and 8. And I hope you'll tune in to SWAT Radio. Glad you could join us. All right. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun, but it is over. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com, where you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual